The Dancepreneuring Studio, Session 33. Staying on course and loving your critics. Hello, hello, and welcome to another session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. I'm so happy you joined me today. My name is Annette Bone, and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. Every other week, I get the privilege of bringing you some of the best and creative minds who are connected to the art of dance. And they share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and business forward. In this week's Step to Success, why your MacBook needs fruit juice. In our Dancer's Dialect segment, is the dance of love making a comeback? In our Freestyle Flow segment, a new way to exercise by walking in someone else's shoes. And last but not least, our feature presentation, haters gonna hate, but love will set them straight. Here we go. Hey, this is Ballroom B-Boy Hip Twist with Hollywood Hustle, and you're listening to another session of the Dancepreneuring Studio with Annette Bone. It's profitable to be skillful and wise. Welcome to this week's Step to Success. A step to your success is anything that moves your life and business forward. Whether it's an app, a book, or an idea, you can apply something today that will help you succeed. So I propose to you that your MacBook needs fruit juice. Yes, I said fruit juice. But I don't mean fruit juice the way you're thinking, like apple juice or cranberry juice. I'm thinking of the fruit juice app that is available on the Mac App Store. And you can find a link in the show notes at annettebone.com forward slash 033. And I have to thank Ray Edwards from the Ray Edwards Show for this resource. He talked about it on a recent podcast. And this podcast I listen to on a regular basis, and I would recommend that you do the same. It's an awesome podcast. So he shared this tool. And basically what it is, it it is um, something that works in the background. It's running all the time on your MacBook, and it calculates the optimal minimum time you should be running on battery power each day based on the way you actually use your laptop. So some people say that you need to stay plugged in all the time, like it doesn't matter for your battery life. You just keep your power cord in and just try to keep it at 100% all the time. And then other people say, well, no, you, in order to preserve your battery life, you need to run it down all the way when it's just completely out. And there is a balance in there's a balance in between if you heard that 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 little notification ringer i don't know if i'm going to be able to edit it out that was from my fruit juice notification telling me how many hours i have left before i have to plug in so this is a great tool i love it i i really think you should try it and you get an actual report based on the preferences that you put in. So you can choose things like battery time remaining, battery percentage remaining, um, even how, you know, how often you're notified. And then also fruit juice will suggest a maintenance cycle only if your use, if your usage requires it. So check it out. It's fruit juice app. And again, I propose that you give some fruit juice to your MacBook. And now, Life and Business Connect with the Dancer's Dialect. The Dancer's Dialect is the dancer's language. I'm going to share dance terminology across different genres so you can see the correlations in your life and in your business. Is the dance of love making a comeback? 
It surely is in the form of a dance called Brazilian Zouk. And Zouk is spelled Z-O-U-K. And this is our word in the dancer's dialect. And Zouk is known best for having flowing motion and movement. There's a lot of upper body movement. For the woman, it's... um, it's a partner dance and the woman's hair has these dramatic flicks and there's these dramatic head rolls that are done. And it's a very intimate partner connection. And there is a lot of room for musical interpretation, which is makes it really cool. And a lot of times Zouk is confusing for um, another type of dance that's done in the French Caribbean. But um, this is more like the Lombada, which was popular for a little while, I believe, in the 90s. And so with Zouk, it's very slow. It's very sensual. It's a really intimate partner dance, as I said. And the way that I've seen it, I've done a little bit of it in the Hollywood Hustle class that I took a couple of weeks ago. There were, now that I've seen, you know, now that I'm a little familiar with it, I saw the elements that they um, incorporated in some of the choreography. And it took me a little while to get comfortable with it, to be honest. And But it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And just really being able to um, enjoy the movement and really move through it. It was a lot of fun. And then going straight into like the faster turns and the faster movements. So it was, it was a good challenge. It was fun. And I think incorporating these dance styles with each other, whether it's ballroom with hip hop or ballet with breaking, I mean, there's, there's just endless combinations that can happen with different dance forms. I think it just brings such new life and such great variety to dance as a whole. Brazilian Zouk has gained popularity in the United States. It's popular all over the world already, but it's gained popularity recently in the United States. There was an article in the Huffington Post that I'll reference in the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 033 that described Zouk as this, a partner dance with the closeness of tango, sensuality of bachata, and quick turns reminiscent of salsa. Zouk is a completely fluid dance. It's almost like you're floating. And now, anything goes with Freestyle Flow. What's on your mind today, Annette? What's on my mind today? A new type of exercise by walking in someone else's shoes. And this is what I mean by that. Empathy versus sympathy. Daniel H. Pink says that empathy is about standing in someone else's shoes, feeling with his or her heart, seeing with his or her eyes, Not only is empathy hard to outsource and automate, but it makes the world a better place. Empathy means that you feel what the other person is feeling because you've gone through the same or similar experience, whereas sympathy is mere acknowledgement of what the other person is feeling and not really trying to understand where the other person is coming from. There's definitely a difference. I've linked a really great video from Dr. Brene Brown on the show notes at AnnetteBone.com forward slash 033 about 
Empathy versus Sympathy. And Dr. Brene Brown is a research professor at the University of Houston Graduate College of Social Work. And she has spent the past 13 years studying vulnerability, courage, worthiness, and shame. And she's also the author of two number one New York Times bestsellers called Daring Greatly and The Gifts of Imperfection. And I love this video. It's really short, animated, to the point. And She says that empathy fuels connection and sympathy drives disconnection. And she gives examples of that. She ends by saying that rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. And that's what a friend of mine did for me recently. We were catching up and I had revealed some struggles to her that I had been going through. And she validated my feelings, empathized with me, but she did not allow me to question myself or my self-worth and just really encouraged me. But first and foremost, she validated me. She empathized with me because she had gone through the same feelings, same similar situation. And she she was very acknowledging. And another important thing that she did for me is that she didn't just write off what I was feeling. She And she did not come from a place of superiority, which we can often find ourselves doing, thinking that we might have all the answers for people that come to us. So I really appreciated that. And so it got me thinking about the difference between empathy versus sympathy and also made me realize that my feelings can be very fickle. And although I can be validated, my feelings can change. She ends the video with this. Empathy fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. Rarely can a response make something better. What makes something better is connection. I've had to work on this quite a bit with people close to me where I feel like I always have to give an answer I try to be encouraging, but I always feel like I have to have an answer for them as well. And sometimes that's not what people want. They just want a listening ear and they want you to validate them and validate their feelings. And so I think there's a great balance between that. And I've always thought that I'm not going to give unasked for advice, and yet I still give (laughs) unasked for advice. And so again, something I'm working on, but I think if we remind ourselves about the difference between empathy and sympathy, I think that'll make our interactions with people go a lot smoother now that you're warmed up get ready to go full out with our feature presentation i had the pleasure of meeting our next featured guest today at a master class that he taught at debbie reynolds studio in north hollywood a few weeks ago his name is aj edgington and he also goes by his awesome dance name, which is Ballroom B-Boy Hip Twist. Isn't that cool? He has trained with some of the top ballroom dancers in the world, as well as choreographed and taught at various studios all over the country. He's placed first in several ballroom competitions and now has developed a new style that fuses ballroom with other styles such as house, hip hop, breaking, and the Argentine tango. I absolutely love this masterclass that I got to participate in, and I loved his approach because he didn't treat us as total beginners because there was a number of us that didn't have any experience in this new dance style, and he just pretty much threw us in there, and it was so much fun, and I can't say enough good things about this experience, which is why I'm having him on this podcast, and and just to get to, to know about how this style has evolved and all his experiences in his dance career so far. So without further ado, thank you, AJ, so much for joining me on this podcast. Tell me about your journey of creation on incorporating 
the ballroom styles that you um, have trained in with the other styles that comprise the Hollywood hustle? I started doing 70s disco, which is, you know, original New York hustle uh, in a ballroom dance studio around 2005 or 2006. I started with the Fred Astaire organization and we had a syllabus that we learned out of, but it was kind of, you know, entry level it was for social dancing. And so I had found online that there was a syllabus for uh, independent studios and stuff. And so I found that and got excited about it. And then uh, a girl came in and she was a uh, West Coast swing dancer. And she was really good at hustle and showed me some steps that I haven't seen yet. And then I started getting really excited about it. And in the studio, they were kind of teaching us like, this is pretty much what you dance in clubs now. And I started noticing that all that like uns music, that's like, it's kind of like a sound you could uh, dance hustle to. So I was like, this is cool. This is really usable. And I noticed I couldn't really do ballroom in the clubs and neither was it too cool to do it in the club. So that's actually how I got started you know, my, got my foot into the door with hustle. So from there, I, you know, I always wanted to break dance, but, um, I came from Ohio. So in Ohio, there's not too many good breakers. So it's not too many good dancers, period. Now there is at the time there wasn't, but, uh, it's funny. Funnily enough, it's actually home of, uh, the world ballroom championships. Actually, if you want a ballroom title, that's actually where he goes to my hometown in Columbus, Ohio. But um, moving onward, I got promoted to go to uh, New York City, and obviously there's a bunch of good dancers there. And so I used my uh, social dancing out in the clubs, and I saw people doing house and hip-hop, and there's breakers. And then you know saw people partnering and stuff with that, just kind of joining hands and doing whatever they could. And I started getting ideas. Now, that was like the start of it. That's The start of the ideas of Hollywood Hustle was actually in New York City around 2008. And if if you're anyone that follows trends, what I call the laws of perpetual increase, basically, if you follow a trend, uh, you'll see where certain things are headed and you'll begin to like kind of project or predict just future possibilities of what could happen. And so that's kind of what we did with uh, Hustle. And so that's kind of how it started, really. Well, I was um, looking at a video and I saw that you had made reference to two other styles that are called the top rock hustle and the new style hustle. Can you distinguish between that and the Hollywood hustle? I did a little bit in uh, my documentary. In my documentary, uh, there is a group in New York calling uh, what they're doing new style hustle. They're still doing the 70s disco. I I started watching because I I do all the different styles. So I was picking apart what they're doing. They're doing what's called hustle go downs. It's in our syllabus. It's basically how we get from dancing on our feet down to the ground. And I saw an element of that in there. Later on, I did see some other things that they they're having. They shared some things later with me with hip hop and some Argentine tango and stuff. But uh, the biggest difference is that they still follow the slot formula of what uh, a slot is. Basically, hustle is like dancing on a rectangle. They they dance they dance on what's called a slot or like a rectangle, kind of like salsa and West Coast swing. And so um, I dance mambo, and mambo has what's called a spot formula. But in partner dancing, there's three different types of partner dances. There's traveling, spot, and slot. A spot dance has like hinges, what we call New Yorks or crossovers, hand-to-hands. Basically, uh, it's kind of like the partner's moving on a hinge line, can rotate on it or just open up on it. It's kind of like what we did with our um, with our Top Rock Hustle uh, portion of Hollywood Hustle. 
But um, ba basically, I used the formula for what they use in mambo and salsa and cha-cha. I was really limited when I stayed on the slot, and I wanted to incorporate samba and do basically variations from that. And if it weren't for a 1960s Fred Astaire syllabus, I wouldn't have gotten the idea. And in the filing cabinet, they had this old syllabus from like the 60s that used to show the variation formulas beside the steps. So basically show you how to take steps from one dance and put it into another dance. And that's where I got the idea of, oh, shoot, I can like go out on the dance floor and not run out of them. And so Hustle is just actually B-Boys and B-Girls partnering on their top rocks, which is old school like Lindy Hop uh, moves, you know, with, you know, modern music. And that's what we call top rocks or up rocking. Up rocking is more battle style, more like capoeira, where top rocks is more the swing style. When I first saw those two guys, I was like, cool, this first I actually added them into our uh, documentary, A Social Proof, because when I came out to California from New York, I actually got mocked by some of the ballroom people out here and some of the other people uh, in different scenes. They're like, West Coast Hustle, what's that? Ha ha ha, I only do East Coast Hustle. So when one of the B-Boys saw New Style Hustle and Top Rock Hustle people doing their styles, I put them in the documentary as social proof so I show that other people around the world are doing it too. And so I already had our classes for a while. And when my buddy, actually B-Boy Pepto, when he discovered those guys, kind of a relief of pressure. With, that's the way it started anyways. Now it's a little different story. Actually, I think the two groups don't really like me so much now. So they really don't. Well, when I first saw them, I was actually a little upset myself when I saw New Style Hustle people because the guy that does New Style Hustle called himself the creator of it. I was like, if this guy created this style, what does that make me? So they actually said I copied off of them, and, and uh, they're pretty mad at me and stuff. And I actually tried to like set them up where he can come over here and try to make a connection between East and West Coast, but they decided to block me on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> so <laughs> I even – yeah, it got really bad. It, it's got, it actually got so bad that the, the New York people actually took my uh, documentary cut up in puzzle pieces and tried to tool me online and send it all over to hustle people all over the world. It was – yeah, I ate crap for a little while. Top Rock Hustle people, I thought they were pretty chill at first, and then they actually they're from they're, they're from a, a b boy crew called um, Rock City Crew, which is a super famous crew because you know one of the first b boys came out of that with them in New York City Breakers, and there was a huge event in the early '80s in New York City where they battled and Rock City Crew won. So yeah, people like Ken Swift, who's super famous, Crazy Legs. Well, these guys like had crazy legs, like told me online on YouTube. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So, which is he's got social proof. And, you know, sadly, I don't yet because I'm kind of undiscovered right now. I'm at the very doors of being discovered. But but right now I, I got to swim upstream with well, someone that has a position, what we call a high place in New York. And someone that has a name from Rock City Crew. And me and I kind of have nothing yet. So I just have great ideas and great inspirations. And we got to you know, a small following over here, but, um, we did, I tell you what, it was a total, was a total godsend when I ran into a uh, turbo from the breaking movies. He actually saw it and said it was genius. He was like, Oh my God, man, that bridges the gap. And right now it's really popular to do all the dance styles. You know, I really didn't start doing all the styles. So about five years ago, I just did all the partnering styles. Um, I've been dancing about 10 years, but but with the shows like So You Think You Can Dance and Dancing with the Stars, everybody's picking up everything because in this generation, you do a move, you know, it can be taken right away because all the windows and gates of, you know, Internet that you can see everything. Whereas in the 80s, you got to keep your moves for a pretty long time until someone saw them and could figure them out, you know. But now we got like free tutorials online, like everyone's posting something. Everybody wants to get online traffic. So 
it's pretty easy to catch up quick, you know. So, you know, with that, you know, Turbo was like, you know, hey, this is this is a really good idea. And he told me, don't worry about, you know, the other people that were slamming me. He said, they don't matter anyways. <laughs> he said, they don't matter anyways. It only matters, you know, the people that's going to, you know, kind of write your checks. So, <laughs> so he's got a point, but uh, he, he liked it. And honestly, Boogaloo and animation are like the last styles I'm really trying to get my body. I do have a lot of those movements, but he's freaking sweet. You know, he's a legend and he's good at what he does. And uh, I actually been trying to go look for a partner for hustles, like, Trying to find a partner nowadays is almost like trying to find a perfect wife or something. You know what I mean? It's like it's so hard. It really is super hard. It's super hard to find a good partner. I finally found a girl that actually is super flexible, like not in a gym, like not in a, like a ballet or gymnastic sort of way, but in that weird like bone breaking way. She like puts arms behind her back and stuff and behind her head, and I can't even do it, but it's amazing. So I'm putting some of the stuff that Turbo is helping me with with the um, electric boogaloo and the animation style into her and uh, training her now. And, you know, with the new thing, honestly, that we're, we just added into Hollywood Hustle is uh, Zook. Zook is um, the new Lombada. It, Lombada only, was only big for like a couple years in like early 90s. I made a movie in like 1990. It was kind of sad. It only made like four million bucks. Uh, whereas like Breaking One made like $55 million. <laughs> so it was a big difference. I think it's because the way it was done. but Zook is amazing. It's like beautiful slow dancing. But for those lyrical movements, we had Argentine Tango and Hustle doing that. But now it just looks so much better adding all the Zook movements. There's like all this hairography and stuff, a girl flipping hair everywhere. And kind of like we showed you in the class and all these different movements from like Samba and Bolero and things like that. And it's just really cool because now we can fill all the spaces in EDM when you're in a club. So even the and goes from that hard hitting or like that hip hop beat or that bouncy Charleston beat into something soft. You can go right into like like a t bendy top line or something with the hair, and it just these elements match better than things with just the legs and and the embrace that Argentine tango offers. So I say you know overall about you know the styles again you know just to come back full circle, the biggest difference you know is we we try to be over here the fullness of what you can do in a club. But you really can't do everything in Hustle. Uh, we're actually grouping together five club dances like they did in American Rhythm and International Latin. The five club dances that we're trying to group together is West Coast Swing, Salsa, Argentine Tango, Hustle, like the Hollywood Hustle, the new style, uh, what we're doing out here in the West Coast. And Zook, if you do all five of those, you're going to be pretty awesome in the club. Like there's, you want to have every weight connection. You can cover a whole entire dance floor and you can pretty much dance any kind of rhythm that is out there in the club. So that's kind of the biggest difference, you know, just covering a whole dance floor and not running out of dance moves. And we're about to come out now with hustle ground power and tricks, and then eventually hustle air power and tricks and lifts online for our syllabus. We just, I'm starting to hit my barrel mills. I hit windmills. I only been breaking for like a year now. And so it takes like almost a year just to get windmills down. So we're trying to like partner that up and I'm putting that in a demo. We're about to release a new full demo of what Hollywood Hustle looks like in fullness and kind of give that lay that final piece of the foundation so people can actually see what it looks like. So, but you know, there is a need for you know, the, the, what new style hustle is doing. And because honestly it, it's the bridge between 
old school disco and what we're doing. And Top Rock Hustle is soloing, b-boying, you know. But um, our look is a little different. There's a number of things that you mentioned as you were talking about this and explaining this a little bit more. First of all, um, I was intrigued by the fact that you consulted an old Fred Astaire syllabus to create. And I remember that you guys talked about in the workshop how it was important to study stuff that's maybe not so current and people just don't take the time to do that. And so um, I really liked how you brought that up. I didn't I didn't even know that. And then also um, you being so transparent about admitting all all the flack that you've gotten in creating all of this and still, you know, staying strong, staying true to yourself and going forward. I think that's huge, especially when you're trying to build a business and you're trying to find out what it is that that you're going to represent. So I really appreciate you being so transparent and honest about that. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Well, it's I'm definitely an open book and it's always it's at the forefront of my thinking because I deal with it every day. It's all I do is dance seven days a week. It's my full time business. So yeah, it, it's kind of wired into my uh, gears, you know, so to speak. <laughs> so would you say being attacked publicly and that kind of thing, has that been the most difficult thing you've had to deal with in your dance career? Or are there other things that you've had to deal with and have had to overcome? Uh, I say three things has been difficult. Number one, well, number one, I like to say I'm fortunate to be in this generation where uh, I started at a time where we didn't know that we didn't know. Meaning when I started learning how to dance we didn't know that we weren't good. <laughs> you know, it was just not, <laughs> things. Was, <laughs> you know, I started teaching back, like as soon as I started learning, like I was a student teacher program. So, you know, I'm pretty fortunate to be, you know, at this time where I'm being actually where I'm at now in my dancing. Thank God I am where I'm at now. Cause I'm training a B-boy to become a ballroom dancer right now. And he knows that he don't know. And he doesn't like being there because he's always measuring himself against, what he sees is like he's surrounded by champions. He's like, oh, my God, I don't want to take my test yet. <laughs> you know, I can see it going through his head. I don't want to take my test because I'm not good compared to these guys. I'm like, you know, take that test. It doesn't even matter. People come in for community. They don't come in to really learn how to dance, to be honest. Come and make some friends. Just be yourself. Enjoy the people that you meet. And you already know enough to start teaching now. So it's kind of like how I learned because they told me to start right away and you know, and I did, and I didn't also step ahead of my students. So, but, um, I had to, <laughs> I had to ask you again, what was your, all oh, the difficulties. So the difficulties was three things, really. Number one, being in a partner dance world with no dance partner, <laughs> that's hard. It's hard to advertise when you're going from underground to back into mainstream for a style and no one's Googling hustle or disco or anything like that, you have to do things old school, which is, thank God, I learned from old school uh, studios that were transitioning into modern things. I mean, we were in the yellow pages. I mean, who uses that anymore? But we <laughs> we used those, you know, and we did fate, we did conventions and we did, you know, going to malls and there, there's another word for it. Uh, we'd set up a kiosk, you know, expos. We do expos and just you know, they would find the most people oriented teachers that can meet new people and just make friends and, and show dancing what we did and just do a quick demo. And then we'd sign people up that way. Actually, we'd offer free dance lesson and a chance to win a package. So we did like a contest, like, you know, now people are like hip to that and they, they see it's being sold. So that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really work. I mean, so it, it depends. Like you still can go make what really works is making friends face to face. And that's the strategy we've been doing 
Um, just going out and making friends face to face. That's been difficulty. No one's really searching it. Lack of a dance partner. Because when you can go out and try to do it face to face, you've got to have a partner that can do it. And I've sadly uh, lost people. I've tried to train. A lot of people, what's popular nowadays is if you're good as a guy, girls want to partner up with you because you can train them for free because ballroom's expensive. And so they'll... You'll get girls that'll fake like they like you, just to, you know, try to get something free, or they may like you and you don't like them, but you need a partner. So, and if they see it's not going to go forward, they're like, you know what? Forget this, guys. Going to be wasting my time, you know. So, you know, it, it's hard to find, and then then starting from scratch and training a girl that maybe you know able to do it, but then it's like, eh, I changed my mind. Never go, you know, crochet or something, you know. And then like you put all that work into them for nothing. So that's been difficult. I'd say then the third last thing, aside from, you know, advertising and having a partner, which is like two necessities if you really want to move something forward, is um, honestly is the flack I get from the people because, you know, my belief is you can't return evil for evil and railing for railing. But it says, you know, and there's some scripture says, but contrawise blessing that you may inherit a blessing. And there, there's some lots of stuff I do is tied to faith. Actually, when I got slammed online, I returned a, a two a two part video, and you can go on my Facebook and look at it. It's in the videos. But I returned a two part video to this guy that really it didn't move me at all, to be honest. The stuff he sent, I was like, I just I was like more concerned about the people that didn't know me more than anything, and I wanted to get the truth out there because uh, the guy had reframed some of the stuff I said in my video and said I started calling myself the creator and uh, of of hustle. And I didn't. I said the idea of a ballroom b-boy started with a guy named Tony Dovolani, who is on Dancing with the Stars currently and was a world rhythm champion who was my hero and model of gaming the idea for all this stuff because he was in the Fred Astaire organization. So he started putting hip hop in the mambo and cha-cha and started doing popping and waving and cha-cha and started popping his chest and stuff and, and mambo. Um, I actually say popping and locking in the video and he actually didn't lock. It was just I'm so used to saying popping and locking. Pop it, lock it, drop it. So, he, actually he actually didn't he actually didn't drop it either so but, but he did pop it though but he was awesome really cool he trained a guy that recruited me to the top school in the world for fred astaire it was a two million dollar school a really big deal this guy's name was uh, jesse DeSoto. he was second in the world in mambo and so these guys were just really they made dancing look cool you know and these are the guys that were my models the guy that said i copied off of him He's like in his 50s and a street dancer. I'm not really inspired by that. So, you know, and I was like, you know, if I really did copy off of you and not my own inspirations, then number one, you should be like kind of, you know, inspired that, you know, I'm following on you. But number two, like, you know, if I'm not original, then I shouldn't be able to take this to the next step anyways. You know, because if you're if you're a creator or something, you should be able to just, you know, cut through anything and just you know be full steam ahead and be ahead of everyone in the whole game anyways but um you know the guy really he called it new style hustle because in in tango nouveau tango means new style tango neo zook means new style zook and contemporary versus blues in west coast swing they just didn't say new style they said contemporary is uh everyone's doing it it's a trend it's just these guys he found a following that weren't paying attention to and doing their their research and seeing all the stuff in the partners they just took this guy for his word because he's in new york he's from a high platform over there and um they just they just believed him now he puts his face on a t-shirt <laughs> he's like creator founder and slaps his face on a t-shirt and everything and 
basically puts all the eyes on himself. And we said we called it what we're doing, Hollywood hustle, because honestly, we're trying to put hustle in mainstream through Hollywood, uh, which it's on its way right now. And we never wanted eyes on ourselves. We just wanted to do something good. And uh, we started the uh, whole thing because the breakdancer I'm training right now, he uh, hated his job at Walmart. <laughs> so he actually wanted to start being a teacher. He was teaching me at a 24-hour fitness. And, and I said about something about teaching instead of working at a grocery store or whatever. And he was like, he lit up. I said, well, brother, if you get that excited about, you know, teaching, you should be a teacher. So let's go start a group class. So I built a group class from scratch. And that's uh, pictures and stuff. It's online. That's OC Hustle. That's Orange County. Um, that's what we do in Costa Mesa. It's home of um, world ballroom champion. Um, well, actually, second in the world champion. Um, they're fun. It's a beautiful studio. It's, it's I mean, the guy owns it. He's, he's smart with his money. He's made his money. And his kids all make good money. And they own the building. So they're going to be around forever. That's an inheritance. You know what I mean? So they're going to last. It's a good spot for us. Uh, we like it. They like us. And so despite the difficulties and stuff that we're going, we're still moving forward. Um, you know, I think if it wasn't something we should do and it wasn't something that's big, it'd be easy. But because it is hard and it's still hard, like even with new opportunities that look us in the face and, you know, sometimes we get those opportunities that work out and sometimes they don't. It's hard, you know, when you still move forward and you meet new failures and you meet new challenges. But we keep on going because honestly, in the end, I really like the people I meet and I really like the style itself. I really like the music. And so I came out to California by myself and these people are really becoming my, my family. The students are like my friends now, but they're really like family. I mean, I spent last Christmas with the B-Boys and their, and their family. So we're coming a tight net group. We brought a, some people up to Hollywood to Debbie Reynolds and those people traveled all that way to support. And those are the ones that have been with us since the beginning. And it takes a while to train someone from scratch. that can't dance. These guys have been with me for a year now and uh, they're finally starting to look pretty good to where we can actually start setting up some shows. Cause once we get people that are good, it, it's over with, you know what I mean? But we're getting people that have no dance background. We get a couple people that are like ice skaters, maybe one ballerina or two. The B-Boys really don't want to come. <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. The, 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 B, the actual breakers don't want to. They have their thing. I think it's because, you know, we're underground still and they liked it. Don't get me wrong. There's people that do like it. But the problem is, is when someone gets good at one style, they don't like coming back down to ground zero and learn something new because then they feel stupid. And then we also realized, and this is actually B-Boy Pepto's thing. He, he said, um, when you have to come into a class and dance with a girl and then there's Zook where you actually kind of get close and you grind and stuff. He's like, a lot of people are used to doing that in the club, like either on drugs or alcohol. And then they got to come to a, a dance studio sober and do that. They freak out a little bit. Sometimes it scares them to show up. And also some actually show up drinking. We've actually had to like talk to some people like, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, and some people just come to also just pick up chicks too. So, and that's kind of hurt us a little bit too. Sometimes we'll just we'll miss some students because they'll meet someone and pull them out of our group. So it's been highs and lows in our group, but overall, I say the core group that we do have right now are pretty steady. We're about to start doing some shows, and we're still moving forward despite lack of a dance partner, despite lack of being a mainstream and having a high traffic search. We're pushing through, and it's starting to happen. You know, but 
we're the pioneers of it out here and we're la we're doing the backbreaking work right now it's going to be easy for people after us that's for sure you know i'm okay right now of the vision i have for it is so big in my head i'm just okay i'm like i think i'm okay like i have a good silhouette i can spin a girl i can lift a girl over my head i'm at the beginning stage of ground power now doing windmills and turtles and things like that and head spins but um the people are going to come after me like they're going to see our stuff and, and pick that up in a year you know cuz it was finding the knowledge so I'm very excited to see where it's headed, you know, super excited. I think it's huge that you're willing to do the work up front to, to continue to go, you know, that you're developing this, um, that you have a big vision for this. And I see, and I can hear that, it, you know, it's just more than just the dancing. It's, you know, I can see that you're thinking way long term about this. And so you were talking also about how it's been difficult with the partnering with, with how, you know, keeping retaining partners. What would you say your ideal student is or your ideal partner is? How would you describe them? Well, well, first and foremost, <laughs> you gotta be, it's kind of like what I like Victor Fung's dad says over the studio. You're first a good person, then a good teacher, then a good dancer, you know? So we look for the good people and we've been trained in social dynamics, spiritual dynamics, family dynamics. And so we, we have certain energies and certain things we look for and we, uh, certain behaviors that we check to first see if someone's qualified to even come into our inner circle because I've learned quickly. I, I, I mean, I've been burned by dance partners. You quickly put whoever you're partnering with in the middle of everything you're building, that whole thing can collapse. So it's, it's, that's what they say in, um, a lot of these seminars, they teach you in business and stuff that, you know, 90% of your happiness comes, you know, you know, be careful who you marry because 90% of your happiness is going to be, you know, that marriage that you're married to a good person, you know? So it's the, the dance partnerships like a marriage and, you know, anything in business partnerships like a marriage where you got to be able to trust the people and that they're going to be, um, there for the long haul so the girl i'm training now she's a really good person i keep telling her i'm like please don't leave <laughs> like don't leave you're <laughs> such a good person she's got tremendous talent you know uh, she's the one that's super bone breaking flexible with her arms and stuff uh, she's got a good look we took her out to a uh, shark club and, and shark club is a place out in costa mesa as well down the road from her dance studio from the club one dance studio it's where we go promote a lot and um at this building, when they do the hip-hop nights on Thursdays, we took her out there and showed her off. And let me just tell you, they did a college girl night or something like that. Or no, sc naughty school girl. That's what it was. They did something <laughs> oh like that. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, and you would think that the that people would be paying attention to the naughty school girls that are wearing, you know, the short skirts and the, the thongs that you can see their butt cheeks. But they weren't. They were looking at her and her hair. They're, this girl's. Uh, we're doing Zook moves. We're doing... Argentine tango hustle. She would. She got down the floor, started doing break dancing, and then B boy Pepto was breaking. I'm doing my thing, breaking stuff, doing down rocking, and but really, honestly, the Zook moves. I mean, girls stopped. The girls, girls, when girls see a sexy girl that's doing some crazy hot dancing, all girls want to be like that, and that it was super influential. When you do break dance moves, honestly, breaking doesn't get you girls, but you'll get mad respect from dudes. And when you break dance, guys come up and they're like rockfish. You're like, dude, that was dope, man. That's so cool, you know. But but without the girl, like doing those sexy movements, you can forget about it. Like, so for us, like right now, this girl, she knows how to use her hair. She knows how to use her stomach. She wears the shirt so you can see her belly button piercing and stuff. She's, she, you know, the crop tops. 
but it shows the athleticism and, and tone in her in her stomach. She's using her hair for, I mean, it's just alluring, you know? And then the movements are super sexy themselves. But also when they start putting that gangsta, you know, hip hop on, you know, she knows how to get down with it. So ideally, athleticism or like a little bit, you know, a little bit gangster, you know what I mean? Like with, but with feminine energy is ideal female student or female partner. Um, right now, this girl is a student and training her to be a partner. But uh, she, right now, she's the best candidate, and she's a really ideal person because, number one, she commits herself. She comes every week. You know, it takes a long time to train someone once a week, you know, in a group class. I mean, I've now switched to training her privately to where I work with her one-on-one. -on -one. And the group classes pay for our floor fees and stuff the studios charge. So it's free for me to train her right now. Just I have to put in my time. But she's good company. She's got a good heart, and uh, she shows up and she makes a dedication. I mean, she's got a uh, she's got a boyfriend, and the boyfriend doesn't really dance. He's a cool ass dude, but uh, it makes it hard when you're trying to work with anyone's got either a boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, because it takes a lot of time to train someone, and that's your social life. A little bit going down the tube, a little bit because you got to put in the hours. I mean, I haven't had a social life in years because that's all I've been doing is training. That's all I do. Seven days a week, I dance, eat, sleep, you know, uh, drink, dance, and it's not, I don't recommend that for anyone, but it's this kind of situation we're in because we saw something with this hustle and we, we, we believe in it and we believe it's going forward, but you know, that's, that's what we got to do. And you got to have someone that can run the equal strength with you. The ideal student, as far as the guy side is really my, my buddy and close friend now, B-Boy Pepto, Philip Clark. So he, uh, is, you know, he puts in the time. You know, his is and his mom's helped supported him. He's taking actually I put him in the student teacher training program up in Santa Monica at the dance doctor where I teach out of. And uh, he's about to graduate. And, you know, mom's helped flip the bill for that. I've helped put in some money. The classes helped put in some money. Everyone's just helped helping backing this guy up, you know, because uh, he's you know, when you really want to do something, you'll find the time, you'll find the money, you'll you'll make a way. And that, that's what this guy's done. He's a pure heart. And above all is that, like, besides seeing the difference in him, the guy has posture now. It's really cool. Like, he actually has ballet technique in him. Besides from all that, the, the wisdom that I got from business and from my mentors, you know, I have faith-based, Christian-based mentors, Jewish-based mentors. Those people poured into me, and I put the, that wisdom into him. And for a while, I was the only one, especially on the East and West Coast, I was the only one I knew that they kind of had these kind of thoughts of like, you know, uh, walking a certain particular way, you know, and using certain principles. When I start pouring those things into him and just seeing someone else think the way you think and it working in his life and seeing results where, you know, let's say let's take something easy, like a trained him in social dynamics. He can pull apart people in a social atmosphere and profile them and figure out, Who's doing what in the, in the in the dynamic? You know, who's the leader? Who's the followers? Who's who? Who's the introverts? Who's the extroverts? Who would pair up well with each other? Because that's honestly what social dynamics we're trained in. What's for? Because in partnering, you try to partner people up, and you got to know how to read them and know what they're the way they tick. You know, and to see the stuff work in him, and we can put our heads together now as a team because we think the same. It's awesome, you know. So. We try to teach everyone social dynamics when they come in so they can find the right person to dance with, so they can make friends, so they know how to connect, so they understand themselves and others. So, And also, you know, the spiritual dynamics so they know if they're, you know, 
if they got some issues, if they're a broken person or a strong person. We try to take the strong people and make them leaders, and we try to take the broken people and fix them. And so um, the dancing helps get some people off their addictions, get out of bad situations that they may have put themselves in or kind of fallen in. And so the ideal students are the ones that pretty much go the direction of our leaders, and which is an upward and strong direction where we you know, build up one another and we look out one for another and we're really good friends one to another and we do it all in the dance dance scene. So that's kind of, I mean, it's, I'm not a beeliner, so I know I talk a lot, but uh, that's pretty much my big picture <laughs> point of view and what's ideal, you know. So we're, we're trying to make that real. We're trying to really trying to make it real. So I absolutely love the fact that it's more than just the choreography or the dance style that you are imparting onto your students and the people that you work with. And then that you guys are really careful about who you let in your inner circle. I think that you being intentional about that, I think if most people did that, I think they would find that they would get a lot farther in their business dealings and their relationships. So I really appreciated how you went through that. I, I, of course, I did not know that. So it was great that you shared that. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it seems, I mean, you do got to weed your garden a little bit and long term, it's great. Short term sucks because you may find yourself starting over uh, every couple months, you know, where you, your numbers knock back down and you know, the help, because we try to find, connect with people's strengths. We got this one guy named Don Ciano. He's our best rep right now. This guy is so people-oriented. He's the most people-oriented in the uh, personality part of the quadrant that Myers-Briggs teaches. He is great. When I first saw him, I was like, this guy's a root. Everywhere we go, he knows like 10 people. So he's super strong on meeting people. And we try putting people in the places where we can use them the best because it's a body, you know what I mean? Like, not... I'm not like putting my face on a t-shirt and saying I'm I'm the one that's to look at for this movement and I'm doing everything I created. What I'm doing is pointing the, the eyes on the whole entire team and moving this movement forward through the people's strengths and, and trying to find their talents and their gifts and, and what I feel their purpose is in the dance arena, you know. So we actually want to really do – to be honest, we want to do, uh, me and Philip, E-Boy Pepto, we want to do seminars uh, teaching this stuff, not just dance. We want to teach social dynamics, spiritual dynamics. We're just waiting for an opportunity for people to know that first, know that about us. We're actually qualified to actually teach on that and receive results. But also, you know, just find out who actually wants it because, you know, we're, you know, in a place that seems like where a lot of people just, you know, want something quick and, you know, it's every man for himself mentality and, we're swimming upstream a little bit with some of the uh, framework and ideals out here in California, but where we can get in, we try to fit in, you know, especially with trying to move something like this forward because you can't just move a, a, a dance movement forward without first building good people because you're not going to want to go hang out at a place where it's like people take from you and you just suck the life out of you. You know what I mean? So that's, I, we feel like that's what the bars, bars and lounges are for. We'll let those people go over there and, <laughs> we we don't want that. We we want to try to you know have a healthy place and um, create you know uh, dancers and athletes. So that is awesome, and that sounds really exciting. I could totally see you guys doing that too. You're actually the first person to go through this segment, so you are going to go through what I call the dance printing quick steps. So three quick questions. You got to tell me what the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. The dance style you would love to try, but you haven't. Oh, that's so funny, though. I've actually tried 
everything. <laughs> there has to be when, something. No, well, see, I, I've been full time, and I'm an addict. I'm seriously, I'm a dance addict. I I've been full time for ten years now, and so the model and the and the ballroom model is we we uh, teach back what we learn in the afternoon. In the evenings during prime time, like six to ten, you know, six to nine, something like that, five to nine. So we actually, I've been training, looking at every, anything. I mean, Zook is the newest one for me. It that's my new addiction. I started that back in May. I'd say there's things I haven't tried as far as like folk dances or round dances. I'm not really into those. I mean, you know, but I've seen the steps. And whenever I see people doing that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I think if I was in a honestly, the reason why I say I'm not really into that because I don't think until now have I really liked. A community that I felt I want to be part of the community we're building here. I really like these guys, and so if we could create like a, a like I don't know like a Rueda style hustle or something like that, that'd be pretty dope. You know where it's like a, like a round dance. You know what they call folk dances in other countries. You know where it's basically community oriented, which that would be cool. But as far as like all the styles, I've tried everything and I like everything. I really do. And I'm you know I'm always trying to be an empty cup. You know I'm always I call it playing dumb baby bunny. I <laughs> I walk into no seriously because I do all the styles. I'll walk into a class where the teacher may be a contemporary teacher, and I'll try you know pick up contemporary to put more moves in my waltz and in my beanies waltz. So I'll go in there, and people can feel when they have high social intuition, they can feel from your frames that you're coming in with a background. And so when you got p teachers that put all their identity into their knowledge. And their dance style, and they only do one style. They're a specialist, and that's all they do. The you know they'll make it hard on you. They'll they don't want you learning what they got because then it makes them obsolete. You know, so so I try to have the mind frame that be an empty cup because I don't put my identity in my dancing. I, I'm okay with being. I try to play dumb when I go in, like I don't know nothing. I try to shut those energies that I project on my mind. I'll try come in as a know-it-all. I try to shut the things I think I know down so I'm always an empty cup so I can take in new information because honestly even if I do know the steps or I do know the style there's always someone that's going to talk about it differently than the way you would you know so I guess that's something I try to do you know I put my identity into how I treat people and how I want to be treated that and you know the energy I put off we call it in our faith we call it fruit like a tree that bears fruit I try to like put my identity into that like I am the fruit I bear. You know what I mean? I'm not what I know. So people that have a chip on their shoulder or that, that feeling that they got something to prove, they're the ones that put their, you know, foundation on um, shaky grant, you know, ground where they, they think they are their dance knowledge. So if someone has more than them, they get kind of, they build up walls and they don't build community that way. I've gotten, I've gotten shoved out of studios and, and out of certain places and made feel very uncomfortable because of that but as far as you know trying new stuff i'm always empty cup to try new stuff it's just i've i because I, I do so much research i've really seen the popular name dances i mean i haven't dove into kizamba too much i've taken a couple private lessons from the top people in la she's amazing i just find it for me i took a couple of the root moves i put it in my zook and i put it in my hustle but for me i'll probably never use it Kind of like some of the folk dances. What is Kiz? Is it pronounced Kizamba? How? What is that? Yeah, Kizamba. It's uh, I believe the roots are from Africa, and it is a dance. With, basically, it's um like merengue, like a slow merengue with, with body contact, but the music is slower. Oh. 
it's the music is actually the same as Lambazook music. Uh, so Lambazook is like, you know, basically the bridge from Lambada into Zook. And uh, it's about the same kind of timing. It's cool. It's all about just basically body contact and doing some walking steps. It's got like some Argentine tango uh, footworks into it. They use a lot of that grid from Argentine tango as far as like open boxes. And there's like a, you know, there's still like a vertical and horizontal pattern like cha-cha, a little bit like cha-cha. They actually call it a cha-cha step. But it's mainly for like chilling, you know what I mean? Like a chilling kind of uh, get close to the girl. But or like Argentine tango is like a chill, classy slow dance where you connect at the head. Or this one is a ch chill kind of it's a chill slow dance that connects more at the torso and and plays a little bit with the thighs and stuff but uh it's really not flashy it's all about the feeling so but i probably won't use, yeah it's cool but i won't i probably won't use it too much i want to see how big it gets you know right now it's, it's getting pretty big in the bachata world salsa world but i think zook is going to pass up everything it's just zook is amazing zook is the slow dance for me I have a friend that is re has recently got into Zook. I think he actually dances with a Zook group now, and he absolutely loves it. So yeah, it's amazing. I'm not surprised that's being incorporated. Yeah. The second question, favorite dancer and why? There's two I got. Favorite dancer that first inspired me to dance was, of course, Michael Jackson. I remember being six years old, and I lived in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I uh, saw Michael Jackson on television and saw his spins. I was like, man, I want to do that. Like I was trying to spin around. I knew I couldn't. Uh, six years old and my mom's like no no you got to move your hips if you want to dance with girls you got to move your hips and my stepdad's like yeah move your hips janet jackson <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, move, move those hips i was like man i was like um, you guys made all of this not look cool so like so michael, <laughs> michael jackson made it look cool my parents ruined it so but the, michael jackson is probably my first um honestly what made dancing look cool was Tony Dovolani, American Rhythm Champion back 2005, uh, World Rhythm Champion, World Mambo Champion. He was also in um, Shall We Dance with Richard Greer and um, I think Jennifer Lopez, I think. He was the, basically, he's the, the, the bad, they called himself the bad boy ballroom because of what Hollywood gave him the, the place. And plus, he has some things that he kind of went through as well, holding on to his title, some funny stories I can share later. But in the movie, he grabs the guy's toupee and rips it off. That's Tony. So if you go back and watch that that movie, that was Tony. But he made man, I first saw him in Mambo. He made it, just his look, the way he tilted his head, the way he moved his arms, like it looked. It reminded me of breakdancing. It reminded me like kind of like how cool Michael Jackson was when he did Bad, and it was just it was really cool. Uh, I would say those two guys really influenced. I would say those guys are to watch for me. But yeah, Tony has some cool cool things he did. He actually. He got challenged by the guy that was in second place. I believe something happened where I think he threw the guy in the stands or something. But so he was a oh my was, goodness. Yeah. Well, the guy had I think he elbowed his partner as and then you know they started boxing him out. Tony was actually so good they could break their choreography and start boxing this other dude out that started challenging him. And it's okay to challenge someone, but they, I think he got a little too close and elbowed uh, Elena, and so he got mad and so. After the guy, actually, the guy did the splits, I believe, and slipped between Tony's legs. <laughs> and so I think Tony picked him up. I think this is how the story goes. And I see what I put together online, too, as well, because I heard this stuff when I was in New York. As I think he picked him up and threw him in the stands because <laughs> so, he's a little guy. Oh, my. <laughs> so, but, but, uh, but, yeah, Tony was pretty badass. You know, he still is. You know, he's getting older now. 
He's got a, a new franchise, actually. He's like going to be, I think, the third biggest franchise. There was Arthur Murray, then Fred Astaire. He now has partnered with Max Chmerikovsky, Val Chmerikovsky, who's also on Dancing with the Stars. They Now they got Dance With Me Studios. His partner, the one uh, saying got elbowed, she, uh, I'm pretty cool with her. She was helping me with some stuff. She was an agency for a while for like Dancing with the Stars, but she actually opened up her studio to be a Dance With Me studio in uh, Sherman Oaks right there in LA in the Valley. And so they now have schools in New Jersey and in New York, like south of Houston, you know, they're in uh, Soho. And New Jersey, and so they're they're getting bigger, and and that's the direction that he's in now. But I mean, all those guys, those guys that they work with, they're really cool dancers. They made dancing look masculine. I'm I'm all about you know when a dude dances, he should a dude should look like a dude, a girl should look like a girl. So as far as influence, I say yeah, Michael Jackson, you know, and uh, Tony Dabalani. Dance style that currently describes your day and why? My day today? Yes. All right. <laughs> um, to, to <laughs> Today I feel right now. Let's see right now, <laughs> I, I I you know I usually have a foxtrot day every day. You know, foxtrot for me like an American style foxtrot is um very playful, high energy, animated yet sophisticated and suave. So it's it, it's kind of like you know Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. Foxtrot's badass. <laughs> it's like if you, if you ever do a foxtrot in the club. People will stop and watch you, especially if you're good and the girl's good. It's pretty cool. But definitely, I'm always a very animated, very outgoing, very positive person. So kind of how I feel right now. So Fox Try to say best describes me right now. Well, that's a good description. I, I definitely get that from you. So if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? I think the number one best place, if you want to see videos, if you just go to YouTube and just type in Hollywood Hustle, Look for that really cool brick wall with the b-boy graffiti saying hustle. If you want to connect with our classes in Orange County, connect to OC Hustle on Facebook. Uh, we have a map on there showing where classes are. If you um, are interested in adding hustle into your dance studio, we have a Facebook that's just Hollywood Hustle. You type in Hollywood Hustle on Facebook. It has just all of our stuff and roots and videos of what, what we are exactly there. If someone wants to look for me, um, individually and see what I do. I'm on Instagram at ballroom b-boy hip twist. That's all one word. Ballroom b-boy hip twist. Hip twist comes from, um, well, they use it as a top rock, but there's a chasse hip twist and cha-cha because I'm a Latin dancer. I do put a lot of uh, hip twists and Latin action on my top rocks. So that's why the hip twist and the ballroom b-boy. So if you uh, want to look for me on Instagram, I'm there. You can also Google search Ballroom B-Boy Hip Twist or Ballroom B-Boy or Hollywood Hustle. Like we pretty much own the first page of Google on that. So um, should be easy to find. Thank you so much, AJ, for being with us and for sharing so much more than just dance and choreography and just life and business lessons. I think it was amazing to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. AJ and I actually had a much longer conversation than what's on this interview. And what I really appreciated about him is that he was so transparent about his struggles and didn't front like everything was great. I really thought that that was important to share on this podcast session. And I'd like to know how you have handled criticism in embarking on a new business project or some other type of project. You can go to AnnetteBone.com forward slash 033, where you'll also find the show notes to this session. 
And I would consider it a great honor if you would go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That way I can continue improving the podcast and the word can get out to help more people. I would also love to give you a shout out on a future session of the Dance Preparing Studio. And until we meet again, I pray that you have an exceptional week and more blessings than you can imagine. I look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. This has been a session of the Dancepreneuring Studio. Find the archives of this show at annettebone.com slash podcast or on iTunes. Contact Annette at annettebone.com. This podcast copyright by annettebone.com and dancepreneuring.com. All rights reserved. The Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business.